How are you doing there? It is David from the David McWilliams podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. We're all following the government's advice right now. We're staying in. It's a little bit cocooning, but it's all working. So while you're staying at home, here's a recommendation of another great podcast. It's the Blind Boy podcast. He's an old mate. He's a great skin. He has extraordinarily interesting views of the world. Check it out. Good morning and welcome to Mirror Football's Deadline Day podcast. I'm Matty Lawless, I'm joined by Martin Gowen and a special guest today in the studio. It's Mirror Football's transfer expert, the man in the know, Darren Lewis. Darren, welcome. Thank you very much indeed. Um, what a day. Um, An early start for you as well. Absolutely early <laughs> start. Lots of coffee um, and uh, still a little bit blurry-eyed. But what's quite interesting, you know, today, Matty, is that it, normally deadline day is quite anticlimactic, a big build-up, and then we're all fairly uh, disappointed and disillusioned and kind of make more of it than it is. But today we know that there are going to be some big deals and lots of things happening in the background as well. And that's why I think today is going to be a fascinating day. Absolutely. It's certainly going to live up to its heavyweight billing and you can follow all the latest throughout the day at Mirror Football through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and of course on the website www.mirrorfootball.co.uk. Okay, well, look, let's start for explaining to, to the football fans out there because there's going to be a lot of people asking today, why is it closing at 5pm? Well, the reason it's closing at 5pm is because for last year and for several transfer windows, actually, um, over the years, managers have been saying that they believed that the competition should close at a specific point before the uh, the season begins so that everyone's got a settled squad. Now, I think when they were saying it, it was a nice sound bite to use. It was it suited them at the time. Mm. But now they're finding out what it looks like in practice. And what's happened is lots of clubs are hiking up prices because they know that clubs are under pressure. They're up against it. And it's been general chaos as well. Club players are going AWOL to force moves. And uh, it suited some teams but not others. And it's quite important to point out that there are a handful of clubs who voted against it. I wonder, Matty, whether we might revisit this after this particular transfer window because I don't think it's worked at all. I agree, and I think there's a few, particularly the heavyweight clubs, and we'll go into those very, very shortly, who have who have lost out on this one. And, and let's start, Darren, with, with Tottenham Hotspur. They haven't made a sign-in, the only Premier League team to not stick their hands in their pockets so far. Well, let me reverse this. You're a West Ham fan. Did <laughs> yes. you ever think that you would spend Spurs under the table? Absolutely in not. any transfer window? No, not at all. No, as particularly a Tottenham team who've you know, consistently finished in the top four over the last three seasons and a team who's going into a new stadium. This is a Tottenham team that needs to win trophies. They need to keep hold of their best players. So why are they not strengthening? It's a really good question. I think the reason they're not strengthening is because I think they've hit... They've, kind of staked everything on being able to sell Alderweireld for big money and that's mm. failed because Man United don't want to pay over the odds for a 29-year-old. They've staked a lot on Danny Rose, uh, a big offer coming in for him. That hasn't happened yet. Moussa Dembele, they wanted to get big money for him. They still haven't shifted him. There's interest from the Premier League, but he wants to go abroad and uh, and uh, Spurs do want to sell him abroad. So they haven't had the money in that they expected they would have. And now they've got three players, who all of whom want to move on. And they've not managed to get the quality in. And fans are very unhappy. Now, this is key. I think you can recognise 
that Levy's done a wonderful job masterminding a move to the new stadium. Uh, Pochettino's done a fantastic job keeping Tottenham in the Champions League, uh, getting them in there and keeping them in there. But this is split Spurs fans because some believe you should call out their inability to land the players that would keep them in the Champions League places and keep them competitive as well when you consider the rest of the top five are spending money. Some fans say that you should be able to point that out while supporting the club. Others think that actually, no, you should just get behind what Pochettino and Levy are trying to do. So it'd be interesting to see what Spurs fans do think of that. But um, I think certainly they're in trouble at the moment. And going into the season, while they've got a wonderful first eleven, as we all know, beyond that, the squad doesn't look as though it's been freshened up. Well, it's not been freshened up enough. And I wonder and I worry for their prospects of uh, going into the new season. Okay, is there any positive news Tottenham fans can take going into today, head of deadline? Any possible transfers? Jack Grealish has been one of the big discussions over the summer, Mm. and it hasn't happened. Do you think he's worth £25 million? I would say that for an English player, that's probably the going rate, isn't it? And what I would say is, would Tottenham... If he was a Tottenham player, would he be worth that money? Possibly, I don't know. I mean, Aston Villa have got a good bargaining tool now, haven't they? They they're a club that were in sort of financial chaos. They've solved that now. They've got a new a new owner, so they don't need to sell him, do they? I mean, and twenty five million pounds to Aston Villa could be worth a lot more if they get promotion. So I can understand their their reason for keeping See, hold of him, but the player himself, you know, looking at his record. I think he scored nine goals in his Aston Villa career, 12 assists. It's not an awful lot. No. doesn't no. say to me a £25 million player. So no, this is the point. I understand mi- from both sides. They, they've, they've rejected £25 million. Now, bear in mind, Leicester bought the highly rated James Madison from Norwich for less than £25 million. Actually... Villa want thirty million pounds plus. Now, I don't think in the current market we can pl- can we can complain about the market being inflated. All of us, we all say the market's gone mad, and then we come on and defend the right for a championship club to defend more than thirty million pounds for a championship player. Yeah. You know, and y- yes, he's been in the Premier League before, but he hardly ripped it up. I think, as far as uh, as, as Grealish is concerned, he's promising. He's a good player. There's no doubt whatsoever about that. But you can understand why Spurs are saying, at the moment, what you're asking for him is too much. Now, it might well be that if he became a Spurs player, he would improve for the players around him, and then he would be worth a lot more. But right now, I cannot see that Jack Grealish is... you could justify Jack Grealish going for more than £25 million. And I wonder if this is more of a case of Aston Villa knowing that Spurs have got the money and trying to screw Spurs for as much as they can. Yeah, and I think most clubs probably would, wouldn't they? So, um, But Grealish himself, plenty of disappointment, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, I think maybe... Uh, the way that Spurs are approaching this is that they're hoping he's going to force the move, put a transfer request in and and, and really basically made it, make it clear to the club that he wants out. Spurs have to look at other options because, well, there's more value elsewhere. Um, and I think as far as, as they are concerned, it will be disappointing. Look, if you look at Jack Grealish, does he get into the Spurs first 11? No. Um, is he a player that would excite fans? 
possibly, but he would have to do a lot to improve to make that step up. Spurs are a high-caliber club who uh, they'll have Harry Winks back next season uh, for the coming season. Uh, they're a club that a lot of people expected to maybe do higher-profile business. So even if Spurs were to get Jack Grealish, would Spurs fans be particularly satisfied? No. Um, Look, I think it might well happen, but I think it might well happen on a structured deal, and I, I still think it would be less than £30 million. Uh, there will be obviously other people who will say, no, he is worth that, he's this, he's that, he's the other. I just don't think we can complain, we can complain about an inflated market and then defend Aston Villa's right to charge so much. Indeed. Okay, Martin, your, your thoughts on Tottenham, they're the real losers of this window so far. No, you definitely have to say so. And I think I think at times we have admired Daniel Levy's negotiating. You know, the way he's sold players in the past, Gareth Bale, Luka Modric, he has dug in. Harry Kane, they've refused to, to sell when there's obviously been interest. But there does come a point where you have to change your mentality as well as a club. Like, you, you know, it's fine to say Tottenham are doing excellently well to get top four every season. Yes, of course they are. But when do you become a top four club? And if you become a top four club, if you're mentality is a, is a top four club then your mentality in the transfer market has to be different and you look at Manchester United are not too dissimilar yes they have at least signed a couple of players but their fans are probably frustrated and you talked about West Ham they've sort of realised what they need to do Arsenal they've signed players Liverpool mm. perfect example of a of club who really have addressed each different area they've had to this, this window there comes a point where you have to just pay that bit more money if that's what you have to do and just yeah you know. and, and the point is you know guys Pochettino last season he said look if we're going to be in the top four we can't keep doing it on the cheap mm. you know we can't keep trying to perform miracles and yet here again we've got another season about to begin and Spurs are trying to do it on the cheap you know they messed around with Grealish they should have gone in early had they gone in early before the takeover they could have got him cheap had they given a realistic offer when they went in early they could have got him cheap now they're struggling why are they not going in for other players they the club are telling us and and fair enough they're saying the the the, the new stadium will not impact on what we're doing in the transfer market. If that's the case, why haven't they signed more players? You can understand why Spurs fans are concerned. And uh, honestly, I, I look at, as you rightly say, Martin, you look at Liverpool, they've spent big in the right areas because they've known if they're going to do anything, they've got to do that. Arsenal, they might not spend big, but they've addressed the areas where they've been weakest. So at central defence, Socrates has come in. Papasitopoulos, the £70 million player. In midfield, Lucas Torreira looks a fabulous signing for them. And I think he's going to impress a few people this season. In goal, weak. Bert Leno comes in to compete for a place with Petr Cech. Uh, Ospina should go. We know Napoli are having a look at him um, because Pepe Reina's gone. I think... There are a number of areas where other clubs in the top six have addressed their failings. Spurs are the same team and the same squad as last season, and I worry for them. Well, let's see what transpires throughout the day. As we said, you can follow it all with, with Darren. Follow Darren Lewis at Mirror Darren on Twitter, and of course, at Mirror Football for all the latest updates. Darren, a lot of other clubs are going to be busy today. As we said, this could be one of the most dramatic deadline days in years. What's the biggest uh, transfer that you think's on the radar today? It's a really good question because I still think Nabil Fakir could leave uh, Lyon. Uh, he wants to go. Uh, the deal to take him to Liverpool fell through. But you never quite, can quite tell. Liverpool are saying that they're done. There's no more business coming out of there. But 
you just wonder if Chelsea were to express an interest and a, and a deal is, it could be done. You wonder whether Liverpool might get back involved uh, in a deal for him. Uh, I still do think Everton will do more business today uh, because Marco Silva has to get out uh, certain players and, and and he needs to continue to get that squad in a position and that team in a position to compete for a place I don't care what anybody says in the top four yeah let's talk about improving the midfield today Andre Gomez one of the targets Andre Gomez the Barcelona midfielder one of the targets West Ham had at your club West Ham had a look at him but they've decided to go elsewhere West Ham by the way could be looking at Danny Drinkwater from Chelsea because Mm. now that Kovacic has come in uh, he could be available on loan lots of clubs in for him just on Chelsea I hear that lots of clubs have asked about Tammy Abraham, yes. uh, the striker. West Ham being uh, one of them, right? West Ham, one of them. Southampton, Cardiff have had a look at him as well. Uh, I, I think Chelsea intend this season to make him part of their first team picture. And I think uh, for that reason, they've rejected lots of offers for him. And he seems to be happy with that. So it'll be interesting to see whether he gets uh, some game time uh, under Maurizio Sarri this season. Uh, but certainly your club I, I, and, and you haven't mentioned them but you've got to be happy with the business well we're going to win the league this season <laughs> uh, I've told Mirror Football podcast <laughs> listeners that several times already this summer right, let me ask you a, re- a, 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 a realistic one outside of the top six so your two Manchester clubs Liverpool Arsenal Spurs hmm. and Chelsea do you think they can finish best of the rest I think they certainly can be up there. I would say Leicester have got a decent chance. I think I've been quite impressed with some of their business, uh, and they've kept hold of Schmeichel, which looked like he could go. Yeah. Chelsea were interested at one stage, but they've moved on to other targets. I mean, Leicester. We shouldn't forget that they did win the championship yeah. uh, three years ago, two yeah. years ago now. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're a strong club. If they keep Harry Maguire, it's a good, good, good window for them, even though they've lost Mares, but. I think that was accepted, wasn't it? Yeah. Everton, another rival. And yeah, I'd like to think West Ham could finish in the top eight, certainly. What's the sign that's impressed you most? Felipe Anderson. And he was Manuel Pellegrini's number one target from the outset. Yeah. He was the player he wanted. He said he wanted to sign him when he was a manager in Manchester City. So he's done a good deal there getting that over the line. And fair play to David Sullivan, who's still director of football de facto you could argue um, he's still got a very huge sway in the transfers but you know he took a lot of criticism from supporters and the board did in general so I think himself David Gold and Karen Brady they, they deserve some credit do you and think Spurs fans are uh, sorry West Ham don't call fans, them that no no exactly I'll be in trouble they switch off now uh, do you think West Ham fans will be a lot happier now with the club with the owners because there was a lot of dissatisfaction last season do you think in general it was crunch time absolutely it was crunch time they had to they had to invest in the squad the squad was desperately in need of of some firepower and, and the signings they made have been very sensible Jack Wilshere on a free I think look that could be one of the summer signings mm. For, for me, he's, he's a he's a wonderful player if he can stay fit, and I think he he'll be managed uh, accordingly. Yarmolenko looked very promising. Mm. For Spurs and Liverpool and, looked at him. You know, yeah, he's, he's been he's been on the radar of big clubs. So there, there's some good signs. Ryan Fredericks on a free transfer. Mm. He looks very impressive. A lot of pace, bombs down the right hand side. Parallels have been made between him and Carl Walker, which is interesting. Um, no so yeah, no pressure <laughs> on him at all. So no, I'm. I'm Personally, I'm very pleased. It's interesting that the 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 sort of general vibe amongst West Ham fans have been very positive until uh, earlier this week when I, I tweeted that 
Lucas Perez was very close to being done. We understand that could go through today, potentially. Uh, Carlos Sanchez was another on the radar, and that was the one that really kind of got, oh, this is a typical West Ham signing. But, you know, look, if he does arrive, which could happen, we'll see, uh, by five o'clock today, as I understand, he'd be a squad player anyway. So he's 32, he's from Colombia. He's, he's played in the Premier League before for Aston Villa. So we'll see. But as you say, Danny Drinkwater's been linked and... Mm. West Ham, who knows, Darren? They could have a big one up their sleeves today. Yeah, absolutely. You can't really rule anything out as far as they're concerned. They've got lots of bids in for lots of players. And I think, cards on the table, I think they'll be up there this season. I think yeah. they'll have a different mentality. Tough start, though. Yeah. In a poor way. But Pellegrini is an inspirational manager who basically um, has good tactical ideas. Yes. Um, and I... I, I listen, no one... The, the wonderful thing about your tough spot is that there are no real... There is no real pressure on West Ham. You know, no one's going to expect them to go to Anfield and beat a wonderful Liverpool side, for example, um, who reach a Champions League final, play exhilarating stuff, and are even stronger now than they were last season. So, I think as far as West Ham are concerned, I'm not really sure that that start will be a barometer to their season. I think we'll find out once uh, the first few games are out of the way, kind of just what the side are about, how they play. Um, and, and what Pellegrini is going to do, but I still do think that you're going to be in for a good season. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the winners of the transfer window so far, you could well argue. Let's talk about your team, Martin Rafe Rovers. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Um, I don't think they'll be doing much today in Scotland, though, Darren. Um, <laughs> Stephen Gerrard's used his Liverpool contacts well and could exploit that once more today. Dominic Solanke. Yeah, Dominic Solanke looks like. Um, well, he's got an interest in him. Uh, and uh, you can understand why he's a player who is young, promising, and needs regular uh, first-team football. Uh, obviously, Gerard obviously uh, has used his contacts already to get over Yajaria and Ryan Kent, and uh, you can see already that Gerard's ideas are starting to have an impact at Rangers. There's been a lot of talk about Carl Lafferty going back to Rangers, but uh, I just wonder if the younger, uh, more, more. <laughs> I, do you know, I think Solanke has it in him to have a big season somewhere away from Liverpool just to continue his education, but also to get the confidence of scoring goals and to be in a spotlight. And um, I, I think if he were to follow through with that, Gerard, and to make that happen, that could be a very, very uh, productive signing both for him and for the player as well. Absolutely. Do you think there's a change in the guard in Scotland, Martin? Because Brendan Rodgers has been a frustrated manager this summer at Celtic, hasn't he? I think it's probably too early to talk about a changing of the guard, although Gerard's clearly you know, ingrained himself with the Rangers' support by claiming that his, his club have been harshly treated by referees for seasons. <laughs> I wonder how many seasons Gerard has watched red card Scottish on Sunday, by the way. But anyway, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It seems like he's already got that siege mentality. He's learned, I think he's learned the first rule of management, which is if you let a late goal in, Talk about something that's totally unrelated yeah. to what your yeah. team couldn't do. Get everyone <laughs> yeah. talking about that. And no one's talking about the poor defending anymore. Indeed. Absolutely. But no, I think Celtic still still streets ahead. Their focus, of course, will be Champions League. Um, average result last night against AAK Athens. But no, best of luck. So Scotland needs a two-horse race. It does. does. Okay, well, look. Plenty of interest domestically today. We're going to have all the latest deals as it comes through. Um, Mirror Football is the place to be the number one destination today all of our reporters are on board we've got Darren Lewis in the office you can follow Darren's video updates on the site 
And Darren, you're going to be back later today for a Roundup podcast and we'll bring you everything that's happened throughout the day. So stay tuned with us and enjoy Transfer Deadline Day. Hi, it's Finn Dwar from the Irish History Podcast and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts.